So what are the common questions that is being challenged here? One, is it okay if I do my own thing? Like it's coming from like, well, we want to make our family happy. They sacrifice so much for us. Instead of thinking, oh, we're, I'm doing something different than they want. That means that they're going to be disappointed. It's like, this is what they set you up for. Welcome to the Filipina on the Rise podcast, where I spotlight Filipina powerhouses, meaning Filipino women doing big things and making an impact. I want to highlight Filipino culture and modern day successes and celebrate what it means to be a Filipina. This one is a special episode where we're going to focus on topics surrounding clarity, career change, and debunking the myth of the I should have been here by now sentiment. We'll also talk about the role that being first and second generation Filipina plays into that and cultural ties that shape taking career risks. I'm super excited for our podcast guest, Nicole Cruz. She's a life coach for first and second generation Americans. I felt Nicole is the perfect person to discuss clarity and career changes because she herself, at a high point of time in her career where she made her way to the top of the profession, realized some important things, left her role, and made a huge career change and risk. Nicole's mission is to help immigrant descendants take center stage in their lives unapologetically. Thank you so much, Nicole, for being here. Can you just say hello? (laughs) Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Crystal. I'm honored to be here. Nicole, can you take us back to that time where you were at and what really kicked off that change? Sure. Yeah. It was a career that I had worked on for over a decade. So I was like a senior manager in a Fortune 5 company, which was what I thought at the time was was going to be it for me. That was like going to be my career. I got my master's. So I checked all the boxes, you know, I, I hit six figures. Um, I was in the career that I thought I wanted to be in. I had checked all the boxes of what I thought would equal happiness. And once I got to that place, I realized I wasn't that happy. <laughs> and it got so bad to a point where I was like, I can't, I can't keep going um, in this career like this. It was just, I knew I had more in me. And so I actually quit that job in 2016. And my husband and I traveled the world for about 10 months. In that time, I had pretty much stripped away any external security that I had. I had no job. I had no house. I was living Mm -hmm. out of a suitcase. But I was so happy. So after that, I realized I had to do something more with my time. I wanted to serve the community. And so I just started trying like all the things. (laughs) I was like, all the things that I like to do and I was doing for free anyways, was falling under the umbrella of life coach. Mm. And I resisted it for a long time because life coach doesn't sound Asian impressive. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, you know, I just got my master's. I just spent $60,000 on getting this degree. And then I was going to become a life coach. I resisted it because of fear, fear of judgment, um, fear that I would fail. But I, and I just decided to jump into it and try it out. Yeah. Yeah. When did you know that it was undeniably really something that you had to do versus just oh, that could be something fun that I'm just looking at right now. Like, where did you shift from? This is what I'm meant to do and I'm going to take action into it. So actually I had to take action in order to confirm it's what I wanted to do. Wow. Okay. Um, And I, I think I was like, oh, I can just think myself into clarity on this. How long did that take, by the way, from like when it was planted in your head until you got to that point of certainty? Um, Yeah. So I remember, so I actually found a journal where I wrote about maybe thinking about being a life coach probably 
six or seven months before I actually even tried it. So I resisted it for, for a bit. I knew I just had to take action in order yeah. to actually see if it's something I wanted to yeah. invest in. Yeah, because if you don't really ever take action, you'll never know. At least if you do, you'll know to either iterate from it or nix it or, you know, look for the next like version. Of, yeah, you know? yeah. And so what did that action look like? Well, I reached out to people I knew who were supportive. Mm-hmm. So um, my friends and family, and I told them, and I was really vulnerable. I was like, hey, I'm I'm really searching for what I'm meant to do. I think this might be it. I would love to offer free coaching for a few of you. And what I really want is to help you. But yeah. then I also want you to help me by giving me feedback. Feedback. Yeah. I've actually heard that route a lot. Whereas if you feel you're being called to do something, do it for free for a bit, you know, actually do the service and do it with your close family and friends or community before you try to monetize something around it, just to gain some experience or grounding in it or to gain some kind of network around it by just doing it with what you have, what resources you have. Yeah. I think, I think that option is really great because it takes the pressure off of you to turn it into something that you get money from. Yeah. Um, exactly. I think that adds, just adds an extra layer to it that if you're just exploring, uh, maybe unnecessary. So in offering a free service, you also are really coming from a place of service. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah, rather than like, okay, well, I'm giving you make money from Yeah, this. so you give yeah. me something. It's really And it gives you the room to hone in your skills and make, make a few hiccups along the way. Exactly. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I definitely have fallen on my face with some of those I'm like I don't know what to ask (laughs) you're like but hey it's free yeah Yeah. I mean just you know looking at the the testimonies you know you've been sharing advice and guidance from a place of true understanding I know that a lot of your clients are actually from the Filipino-American community a lot of young Filipinas Um, and we were actually talking about how that was that's actually such a strong niche that you found yourself in to be able to connect on a deeper level with your clientele. Not that you don't have, and you're not helping others outside of the community, but, but tell me more about that and why that has been so much more meaningful. Yeah. So I, um, and it's kind of a niche that I just kind of happens upon who I serve are first and second generation Americans. Mm-hmm. So usually people whose parents immigrated to America and they might be the firstborn here in the U S a lot of them are are Filipinos. And how I look at it is is kind of how can my background and experience that I have, who can I serve the most with it? Who can I serve the best with that? And it just naturally came to happen that they were Filipino Americans whose parents immigrated here. And I found that there was really like a, a commonality with a lot of the things that yeah. that people were that Filipinos were struggling with. Um, tell tell us about that. I want to know yeah. this, current, this theme that we just don't we don't talk about this. But you said you're seeing some um, recurring themes and questions happening within this. Yeah. Theme. So so one of them is really around not having clarity on what they see for themselves. They're super clear on what their family wants for them, but when it comes to what fuels them and what they want, it's kind of muddy. Um, which mm-hmm. totally makes sense. And Nicole, is the demographic, a lot of them, are they young 
women in maybe their early 20s or do you see a range? So I would say, and it's it's men and women actually in their... Oh, okay. yeah. Sorry. Being <laughs> <exclusive>. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're usually like mid 20s to mid 30s. Yeah. Okay. So and it makes sense because they've gotten to a point where they've they've tried their family's vision and they're finding out like, oh, that's not really what I want. Yeah. Okay. So what are the common places of internal struggle or questions that is being, you know, challenged here? Yeah. So one is, one is family obligation. So there's a internal struggle with one, is it okay if I do my own thing? Like, and will Mm. I disappoint my family if I do, which is such a heavy weight to carry, but it's, it's coming from like, well, we want to make our family happy. They sacrifice so much for us. Mm -hmm. How can Mm -hmm. we honor their sacrifice? And what I try to tell my clients is actually we're in a unique position that we can actually look at it as a privilege that we get to elevate our family beyond what our parents even anticipated for mm-hmm. us. I love yeah. That. So instead of thinking, oh, we're I'm doing something different than they want that they want, that means that they're gonna be disappointed. It's like this is what they set you up for. Yeah. 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 That's true. I, I think a lot of us are coming from backgrounds where our families had grown up actually in the Philippines. And I don't know that I could speak for everybody, but that's very common, um, was in the Philippines, had really sacrificed a lot to bring us to um, the United States and really putting their whole life and their career upon giving us the foundation to be here. And a lot of times, um, knowing that it prevents us from even being in the realm of creative thinking of thinking, what, what can I do for myself in my career that makes me happy and going off a traditional path and going something that isn't a stable career almost feels like, what if that's betrayal to what my whole family has worked up for to bring me here. Can you can you explore that a little more? Yeah, I mean, and that is so real, right? Like that is mm-hmm. that is a tangible feeling. And what I encourage my clients to really understand is is one to understand the lens that your family is is coming from. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like they grew up in the Philippines where economic circumstances were very different mm-hmm. and so they're in survival mode. Yeah. And so now being here in the U.S., where that's thank, thanks to their sacrifice, that is covered, right? We have that. So mm-hmm. now, how do we take that and build upon it so that we are not yeah. in survival mode and that our children aren't in survival mode, mm-hmm. where it's more about like thriving? Now we're in yeah. action. Yeah, exactly. We're yeah. not surviving. And we're enjoying, living, right? <laughs> enjoying their hard work. Yeah. No, that's true. It's like they they gave all the sacrifice, not so we could keep trying to survive, but so we can really take action and and make a name for ourselves, yeah. for our family, and, and things like that. And um, so. you know, there's the whole thing around disappointment, right? And I was yeah. asked by someone uh, recently, like you know, her family wasn't understanding why she wanted something differently and how how can she influence their opinion or control their opinion of, of that? Mm-hmm. And the bad news is you can't control <laughs> how mm-hmm. your parents yeah. or your family are going to think or feel or wow. act. The good part of that is that they also can't control you. 
So you get mm-hmm. to have liberty on, on what you do also. I think that is so liberating to actually get to the point and realize you, you can't ultimately change their perspective because we almost use that as a first pass. Like as I just need to get them to be on board with me and to see that this is the right thing to do for me to, yeah. to, to almost give me permission. Once you realize, you know, maybe you're never really going to get that and you just, you just need to go knowing that, you know, you're doing the right thing and you're not right. being selfish. Yeah, totally. And um, I mean, that's like, oh my gosh, if I didn't get my mom's blessing on something, it was like, oh God, that means oh, I'm yeah. doing something wrong. <laughs> right? yeah. What I wanted to offer also was while we can't control their opinions, you can control what you make their opinions mean to you and about you. Mm. So for example, instead of thinking, oh, if they disapprove of my actions, that means that I'm doing something wrong or that I'm bad. You can make it mean that that's okay because they're coming from a different place and that doesn't mean anything about me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Can you talk about limiting beliefs? That's something that you utilized a lot and explored with people. Yeah, so limiting beliefs, they're thoughts that we have either about ourselves or our potential, they, they hold us back from fulfilling our, whatever our grand vision is for ourselves, right? So that can sound like self doubt, that can sound like inner critic, that can sound like you're not good enough. But these are all thoughts that we, we can change. When somebody is wanting to step into a change, thinking about starting something and those limiting beliefs come around, can you give an example of what a good qualifying thought would be and then a limiting belief that you just need to put away? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good distinction, right? Because some people are like, well, I'm just being realistic. Like I'm thinking this because I don't want to set myself up for like a huge failure because I'm not capable of that just because. I don't have the skills or whatever. So one thing to listen for when you have a thought that stops you from progressing forward, what a limiting belief or a kind of like the inner critic will sound like is speaking in absolutes. So like no one, no one's ever going to like what you have, Mm. or you're never going to make it there, or you're, you're just going to fail. So very like, absolutes generalities yeah and it offers no solutions yeah you know telling you you're you're not good enough on all these different ways right however if you're you're having a thought that's like okay I want to make this career change and the thought comes up of well you don't have the skills to do that career yet if you're having a thought that's a little more realistic and something that serves you better it'll offer a solution Mm -hmm. like oh okay how can I get those skills Mm, yeah. I don't have those skills yet, but how can I get them? Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. So that's almost, that's not a discouraging you or stopping you. It's actually a, a pointing a way to solution. What are tactics when those limiting beliefs actually start to get really drowning or paralyzing? Yeah. So the first thing I would do is get really aware of your thoughts. And that's something I coach my clients on a lot because, you know, most of us, we operate throughout our days, throughout our lives without stopping and thinking thinking about her thoughts yeah, yeah. Um, no you got to so, think about your thoughts it's real it's yeah, really real, yeah, it's real. um so one is to if when you hear when you feel those thoughts come up like pause and really really hear what it's saying mm-hmm. one example when i was looking to change careers is well you don't have the skills for this mm-hmm. like for, who are you to think you can give 
but you can like impact someone's life. So really like negative shitty stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So what I guide my clients through is a way to acknowledge the thought and to understand that that thought is not you. Mm -hmm. It's just a thought you're having. And it's a thought that your brain has gotten really used to practicing. Yeah. Or like you, you learn to identify with the thoughts that are coming at you, but yeah. it's, I don't know. Sometimes you get used to the to the inner critic voice and you start listening to it when it's like, that's never been you. <laughs> right, right. And if, mm-hmm. and you know, if we practiced it so long, our brain just wants yeah. to default to that thought. So it becomes like a place that you're familiar with. Yeah. A place of familiarity. That's what I yeah, mean. Yeah, totally. Right. So Nicole, you covered a talk on your Instagram the other week on clarity. What is clarity and why is it so important that we embrace that and we know that? So clarity to me, it's like a certain knowing, right, of something, a certain knowing of direction. And when it applies to life, it's really what your vision is for yourself. I feel like it's so important to get clarity around that because it's kind of directing our actions. Mm -hmm. And without it, if, if it's muddied or like we can't really see what we're aiming towards, we have the tendency to just stay in one place and get mm-hmm. stuck and either not take action at all mm-hmm. or take action, which is in another direction mm-hmm. completely from what you actually want to do. Um, I actually, that really defines it so clearly. I, I, was thinking about this myself and I tried to type up, well, what does it mean for me? To me, it's so crucial because it gives us direction and orientation to be moving towards something. And clarity, I think, guides our, at least guides our day-to-day decisions. So something I was thinking about, like people sometimes think like, oh, I don't know what my big end game is. Like it doesn't have to be something like write 10 books or run my own business that's profitable, you know? Like is, is it this defined measure of success or what is clarity? Is it more, is it something that's quantifiable that we could picture or what is it in the grander scheme of things? Yeah, that's a great question. And sometimes it'll depend mm-hmm. on the person. One thing that I encourage my clients when we're trying to get some clarity in what they want to do is to be open to what that is and abandon the how. Mm. And and this is something I struggled with a lot before was I didn't know how to dream big. Mm. Like, like, yeah, dreaming big to me when I thought I was dreaming big, it was, it was not that big. It was just like dreaming realistically. Um, And it's because I would, as soon as I thought of something aspirational, Mm -hmm my logical or logistical mind would kick in and try to figure out the how mm-hmm. like oh how's that going to yeah. happen and if you didn't have those answers then yeah then it's like okay well that's not going to happen shoot then. it down Something exactly yeah <laughs> yeah uh, I, I i'm curious do you think any part of that plays within family culture or just how we raise or even within filipino culture uh yeah i think there's definitely some cultural ties to that it's and again, it's because it's from that, the mindset that they're coming from, right? Yeah. Which is they want something that's stable for you. They want something that's going to get you that security. Usually they already have like set steps that you need to take to get there. So sometimes it's difficult for us to allow ourselves to dream beyond that. There's a term called upper limit potential. Hmm. You know, we, in our minds, we have a certain upper limit potential of what we think we can reach. Wow. Yeah. 
And then once we reach it or even exceed it, our brain will start to kick in and be like, oh, you've gone beyond what what the potential, the limit you set in your mind. Time That's to, so crazy. Time, time to, to go back, back down. In. Yeah, to go back down. That almost that almost seems very similar to what goes on during imposter syndrome. Yeah, totally. Like that feeling of like, what do you think you're doing? This isn't yeah. you. Like you, yeah. you're, you don't belong here. Time to go back down to earth. Yeah. And wow. So kind of tying it back to family. You know, if we haven't had, if we haven't seen it happen. Mm in our families, it's hard for us to set a higher upper limit potential for us than what we're used to seeing. That really plays into a lot of things of not seeing it in your family or within your world where you, that you identify with. You yeah. almost hit that limit. That's well, <laughs> that's a really yeah. like critical way of looking at it. Yeah, because then, you know, for my family, it's like, okay, I had the model from my mom where she, she was in a six-figure job which was great. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I can do that. Sure. But if I think of being a millionaire, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so so how do we, I, I'm always erring on the side of empowering the self instead of getting out of that mentality. Well, because I didn't come from there or I grew up poor or I grew up like this. Therefore, I, the odds are stacked against me. Um, I've fought against my own personal like victimizing like thoughts um and just getting to a place of like of empowerment yeah so how does one really take that weight and put it aside and get past that upper limit is that what you call it yeah so this upper limit potential that we have yeah totally and i love that like coming from a place of empowerment right yeah recognizing and appreciating where you've come from but Mm -hmm. but not letting that dictate where you go. Mm -hmm. And so one thing to do is practice different thought and and recognize one is to like recognize your limiting beliefs, right? So if your your limiting beliefs are, well, I can only make this much money or well, I, I can't do that because normally female minority have not filled that role before, whatever limiting belief that is, just acknowledge that then choose a different thought. And I know that sounds a it's, it sounds <laughs> easy, but it's it, it'll take some work. So if you're coming from a place, well, I'm I'm not good enough, or like I I can't get that promotion or whatnot, and you're trying to get to a place where you're like I can get whatever I want, mm-hmm. that that might feel like a really big leap for some people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, what is one thought beyond where you are now that you can think and be like? Yeah, I can wrap my mind around that. Wow. And then write that thought down and literally practice that thought every day. Yeah. Speaking truth into your own life. Yeah. Um, believing, believing something different, I think, is what it is. And sometimes it can feel so radical, but uh, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and some people are like, oh, manifestation, right? You just, yeah. you know, you just think yourself into what you want, but I mean, that's just one part of it. Once you recognize those beliefs and you start working on a new belief system, then you start taking action from those new beliefs. What can that look like? So for example, if your your new belief is there is abundance and that this career change I want to make is going to be successful. If that's your new belief and your thought and you really believe that, then the action you take may be, let's see, 
What's an example of a career? What's an example of career change, Crystal, that you've heard? Maybe one of your friends wanting to. My friends. Um, my one of my friends really wants to be a photographer and going fully into art, working from currently a project manager and into diving deep into her photography and um, artistic career, and she's so amazing at it. Yeah. <laughs> So then if her belief is, I'm going to be a successful photographer, then the action she takes may be may look like, okay, I'll do like, I will just start taking photographs and offer like taking taking headshots for people to build my portfolio, your actions start coming from a place of feeling confident and empowered Mm -hmm. that it's going to happen. You just you just need to take the steps. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. They want to revisit the first topic we had of where people come in their lives like, I should have been here by now in my career. I thought I would be here by yeah. now. Um, can you talk about that thought? You know, I should have been here by now in my life. I know that you share that is something co- that you're seeing or that you've been hearing. Um, and what's really going on there? Why are people coming to that point? What is what is that saying? Yeah. And that's such like, a, and I have definitely said that about myself. Too. Yeah. I'm like, man, I should have fit. And if I had only figured out that this was my calling, however, X many years ago, like, I wonder where I'd be now, right? (laughs) Um, So yeah, I have some clients that are like, I should have been making more money, or I should have had a partner by now, or I should have had a child by now. And the should implies that that there's a standard timeline, Mm -hmm. or a standard way of living or being. Yeah. But there's no standard. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's, a myth, right? That, that there's a certain way to do things in a certain timeline in which you need to hit these milestones. And um, I mean, but it's very much glamorized. We go on social media and, you know, our friends are getting married or a friend has reached this point and we're conditioned to think we're living in that timeline. And yeah, totally. <laughs> there's definitely trends, right? Like yeah. at a certain age and, you know, you start to notice all your friends start getting engaged mm-hmm. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. you get another few years, oh, they start having babies. Yeah. But if you're not, if you find yourself not falling within the timeline that you are comparing yourself to others' timelines, just think to yourself, like, how is this thought of I should have been here by now, how is that serving you? Hmm. And for me, that brings up this thought of regret, which is not really a great useful emotion. Yeah. <laughs> because I think sometimes people, yeah. I, I'm just playing the devil's advocate because I always yeah. you know, feel certain ways. And oh, but it's it's good because it's pushing me. It's stopping me from, it, it's stopping me from feeling settled and just being complacent in my life. It's actually a good thought to have because it's propelling me forward and preventing me from being idle. So tell me why that recurring you know response to it would be dangerous. Well, I would just ask like, what kind of emotion does that bring up? You know, mm-hmm. it's almost coming from like a place of fear, mm. like. Oh, if I don't catch up or if I don't do this, then what does that mean about me? And definitely, like, I think there is a time and a place to be like, oh, my, yeah, my friend's kicking ass. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> and that, that's totally inspiring to exactly. me. But check in with yourself. Like, actually, like, where's that coming from? Is it from being scared that you might be left behind, mm. quote unquote? Or is that coming from, like, oh, wow, that's really inspirational. Mm -hmm. I'm motivated to fulfill whatever my potential is. 
Because, I mean, even for myself, Nicole, so often I make sure I am constantly keeping up to date with people that inspire me and keeping myself in check in that way of where I should be. But then sometimes it gets very, like, it feels really intense, like a lot of intense pressure um, where you don't feel proud about where you are, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. It's so easy to, to do that comparison, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in the scroll. It's like, oh, my gosh, you just these images shoved in your face oh my gosh of, like where other people are you're like everybody's doing amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah but but some of that's also checking in like yeah you're doing amazing things too yeah. and it's kind of getting back to well what do you think about yourself mm-hmm. what is your opinion of yourself and that that kind of ties into this expectation or this obligation that we have sometimes culturally is where other people's opinions is so like influential on our lives mm-hmm. when you might want to check in and be like, well, whose opinion do you want to hold in the highest mm-hmm. regard? Yourself? Yourself. Yeah. Yeah. When you think about a career change or career switch, why is it so intimidating? Yeah. And it's because change in and of itself in any form is scary. And it's a natural reaction for our our primitive brain, you know, the part of our brain that wants to keep us surviving, to be scared of any situation that causes discomfort. And so making a career change is a huge shift, right? It's not only a shift in like what you do day to day, but also in your identity. True. Yeah. And can you can you dig more into that? That's good. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, before like I identified as, oh, I'm I'm Nicole. I'm, you know, a senior manager at this huge corporation. And that mm. gave me a, you know, some sense of like accomplishment and like fed fed my ego in a certain way, right? So true. And then shifting to, oh, I'm a life coach, you know, and just really owning owning that. It was a total identity shift. Because it's true, we identify with our career. I think almost more than that, more than a lot of things, we identify with our career. So when we make a career change, we're almost we are we feel like we're undergoing an identity change. Yeah, yeah, totally. Crazy. What's what's a common hurdle or obstacle faced about career changes? Like what what really does it come down to for a lot of people? Yeah. So sometimes we have there's some shame around our aspirations. So, especially in our community, it's kind of like we kind of feel guilty asking for more. Mm. Like, oh, who are we to want something more for ourselves? Ourselves. Yeah. You know, our family who's been working really hard, sacrificing, and then bringing us to a certain place in our life in which a career change would almost feel like, am I doing something selfish? And so, one thing I ask my clients is when they're they're expressing that they're feeling that is to check in with their stuff and like, how would making this change impact my life? And not only my life, but how would it impact the people around me? Mm. And then how would it impact the world? Mm. So for example, if, if I didn't make the shift to being a life coach, mm-hmm. I impact me because I wouldn't feel as fulfilled as I do doing this. I wouldn't be helping the people that I'm helping. Yeah. And you wouldn't be on this podcast. And I wouldn't be on this podcast. <laughs> and to you. I think people are really, really afraid to fail. Yeah. And I would offer up that the worst case scenario isn't isn't failing, is is that you're missing out on your dream coming true. Yeah. Yeah. 
think failure, there's this uh, this thought that with a career change and comes failure, you know, I wasted time or I yeah. left my job. It's so cliche, but it's like, what are you missing out on? And it's like, because then you would just stay and never have tried. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Like, I really believe in listening to your passions. This is something I started because it just felt like something I was called to do. For example, then you felt you were really called to um, business and life coaching. Yeah. And so I really believe in listening to that and formulating it into a service or whether it's a profession or a hobby, because I just think everyone has their specific talent and gift that's so unique to them. When people take the risk and do it ver- versus not doing it, like you're giving your one unique talent and passion a chance and you're, you're, you're giving it a chance to serve people. Like, are you just, when it comes down to it, not even about us, it's like, are you going to choose to withhold back and and not reach people in the special way you can like because whether or not you fail I don't think that there's really a failure in it and it's that you tried and along the way you're probably serving people in a very unique way oh I love that Um, I love that sorry I kind of went on a tangent there (laughs) I think I think we just like we sometimes it, it gets so caught up in our head because we make it about ourselves and our failure but it's like wait a minute I could do a very special thing no one on this earth can and reach other people in a way no one else can yes oh my gosh yes my hands are up in the air (laughs) you know yes (laughs) play that like oh I might fail and oh people might judge me you're just failing ahead of time yeah exactly you're gonna come around and try to do it again you might as well do it sooner (laughs) Yeah. And I know it's like this, like, oh man, but I spent all this time in this one career path. I know. I was like, eh, I just dropped however thousands of dollars on a master's degree, right? And what I offer to my clients is it's not wasted time. Mm. Like, you can look at it like that if you choose to. But what, what have you learned along the way in this path to get you here? If I hadn't gone through my corporate career, I wouldn't have experienced what it's like to be a minority woman in a predominantly male company. Um, I wouldn't have that experience to bring to my clients now. And it set me up financially to be able to take this leap of starting my own business. And so if you can try to find some appreciation or learnings from your past and apply it now to where you are and where you want to go, I think that's Mm. a useful way to look back on it's not a waste of time this is all it's all building up to to this you know you're set up now to do the thing yeah yeah (laughs) I love that okay well can you tell me more about how this stigma this fear around career change how it it's overarching to the role that we as Filipino Americans are sometimes assigned within families and our social dynamics in our family and you know maybe what the the social structure in that yeah so as Filipinas, Filipino Americans, there's this family and societal role that we've been given or assigned to is the supporter, the caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my clients in their corporate jobs, they're like the team player, right? Because they'll just fill in whatever gap mm-hmm. needs, needs to be filled in. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so while that is amazing that we have that generosity and that ability to just fill in wherever we are needed, mm-hmm. it also stops us from taking center stage in our own life. That's what I love helping people to do is like doing that and doing it unapologetically. Mm. Like, love it. Yeah. And not feeling guilt guilty around yeah. that. You know, when you're thinking about making a career change or even like expanding in your career, 
It's how do you own your value that you bring, like really own it and, mm-hmm. and yeah. not feel bad about stating that yeah. you are of value. And not feel bad about taking center stage. And I like that you said feeling unapologetic about stepping into yeah. what you want to do. Unapologetic is such yeah, a powerful exactly. word. <laughs> we don't have to apologize for for ourselves. Yeah. It's okay to take up yeah. space. Um, the, yeah. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Sometimes I have to, in a meeting, I want to say something and I'll like retreat a little like, ah, now they're going to think that's it. I'm like, wait a minute. No, I'm going to say it. this anyways and yeah. it's going to be okay. <laughs> At least you're serving up your authentic self and they're reacting to that. Exactly. Yes. What are steps one can move towards a career change or or something they'd like to start without completely feeling like, you know, they have to change something big and extreme in their life or pull the rug from their feet or, you know, invest a lot of money and time? So the first step I would say is to tell someone you trust about your ambition, put it out there. And then one thing I, I also did was conduct informational interviews with people in the career you want to pursue. It's so easy to just access people now mm-hmm. and just put it so out true. there. And uh, people are more than willing to be helpful and share and totally, Yeah. Yeah, totally. You'd be surprised at how how much people are, just want to help others along, along that sure. path. Try to conduct like at least five mm-hmm. informational interviews and just ask like, okay, well, what's the, your day-to-day like? What do you like about this career you're in? What don't you like? Just to get more information around this thing that you have mm-hmm. in your mind, what it actually looks like in practice. So it really starts with people like reaching out to a friend, someone you can trust with your with their idea, with your ambition, and then also reaching out to your community or network or someone that you, that you can practice on or play what you want to do as a service or a hobby. And then third, um, reaching out to people in the profession. And um, it doesn't have to start with all these resources and money and time. It really, it really is starting with people. Yeah, yeah. And allowing yourself to dream. Allowing yourself. That's yeah. really, that's a really great start. Allowing yourself to dream. Yeah. Um, I feel just from after this, like, um, you know, empowered to go forward but also being very content and happy where how far I am right now and I think yes. that's really what it's about right I'd love that <laughs> yeah I think we're really hard on ourselves sometimes yeah <laughs> oh definitely um, more than probably our parents are hard on us yeah, like we're exactly. like, they're, they're probably actually like you're fine like do it like whatever I'm tired yeah why are you stressing <laughs> just do your thing I know, just, I'm gonna make you food no matter what when you I come know. home yeah. Um, any last words you want to leave to um, listeners, to Filipinas, to non-Filipinas, to everybody? Oh, gosh. Um, so my mission is to really help people play bigger in their lives. Mm. Um, and to know that by by doing that, by taking up space, that you are empowering others to do the same. And so if you're feeling called to do something, that is your signal from the universe that you are meant to do something greater. That's Uh, so good. Yeah. I love it. And can you do a shameless plug? I would love to do shameless plug. (laughs) (laughs) So actually, uh, I am starting a campaign Mm -hmm. where I want to do 30 breakthrough sessions with people in 30 days. An hour on the phone where we 
figure out where you are, where you want to get to, and how to get you there. Anyone who does a breakthrough session with me will be entered into a giveaway of one month of free coaching. Oof. Do you want your life to change or not? (laughs) This is the whole package here. (laughs) So if anyone's interested or even referring someone, message me on Instagram at Nicole Cruz Coaching. Or you can email me at Nicole at NicoleCruzCoaching.com. And also she has a beautiful website. It's really pretty and you'll see how pretty she is. Oh, so. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll own it. Yes, I'll own it. Thank you so much for you know being on, on this podcast and everything you've shared. Like I think about it, I'm like, people just got some, like, like basically like a free coaching session. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Would love if you can subscribe and or leave a review. And I can't wait to see you next time for the next Filipina on the Rise.